Hi, I'm John Stevens. This is Matt Russell. And this is Pod Have Mercy. This is Pod Have Mercy. So, Matt, you have siblings. I do. I've got a brother and a sister. A brother, tell, tell me about them. I've got an older sister. She's, um, she's 16 months older than I am, and a younger brother that's 14 months younger than I am. Good grief. Your parents, like, they compressed you all in there. Stacked. We're almost like Irish twins. <laughs> <laughs> Are you close yeah. to them? You know, um, so growing up, I was not. My brother and sister were super close to each other, and I was odd man out. You were the middle child, right? I was the middle child. Yeah, it's always yeah. that way, it seems to be. But now we're super close. Something happened in our adult life that, you know, we've kind of come back around, and, and I talk to them uh, all the time. And what do they do? So my sister is a social worker at a hospital. Hmm. She's been a social worker forever. My brother has been um, in the finance industry, in the banking industry, and has lived in Europe for the last 15 years. Wow. So yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. So I have a brother. Um, he's five years younger than I am. His name is Matt Stevens. He is the Reverend Matt Stevens, mm-hmm. and he is pastor of the Fort Church in Columbus, Georgia, which is actually our hometown where we're born and raised. So he's pastoring in the very hometown that y'all yes. grew up in. Wow. Yes. Wow. Yes. And um, so I thought it would be fun just to, you know, he's a pastor. We talk a lot, and we've been talking a lot about just what it's like to be in ministry and yeah. all of that kind of stuff. So I thought it'd be good to have him join us on the podcast. He's got his own podcast. The Fortcast. The Fortcast. No, I got to... I got Which to, is like the forecast this week. It'll be partly <laughs> sunny. It's like... And the spiritual forecast is the forecast. It's going to be gloomy this week, just like it has been since March of last year. year. <laughs> Roll those windows up. That's awesome. <laughs> the forecast. Anyway, I thought it'd be great to spend some time with him. I got to eat uh, breakfast with him over Christmas with y'all, and, and I... Uh, just hearing him talk about his own church and uh, the community that that he's nurturing there has just been wonderful. You know, yeah. And there are two campuses. One campus is very much like a Mercy Street community, mm-hmm. and the other is very much more like a, like a Fairhaven community. So he's got these two different types of yeah. congregations that he pastors yeah. that have different makeups and types of people. So he's always got some kind of an adventure story going yeah. on. So. Uh, Everybody thought it'd be really fun to have a podcast with me and you, two brothers. One's a, do you call yourself a Baptist pastor anymore, or do you just call yourself a pastor? We are, um, we're secret Baptist. Secret Baptist. That's what, uh, so you're not Southern Baptist, you're secret Baptist. Secret Baptist, that's right. That's what uh, most non-denominational churches are these days, they're secret Baptist. Do they are they secret really because true. they don't want anybody to know they're Baptist? Yeah, yeah well, like, you know, you know, pe- people are shocked to know that you know Elevation Church is a Southern Baptist church, New Spring is a right. Southern Baptist church. You know, secret, secret Baptist. And so, in your church is the Fort. That's right. Secret Baptist. That's right. That's what we put on the sign. It's very small print. <laughs> <laughs> the fine print right under your name. You, you gotta you gotta stop and get out of your car to see it. Yeah. Well, um so you and I have been brothers for how long? Let's see. <laughs> all my life. All, all your life. Not all my life. I'm older, so <laughs> 
and we're both in we're both pastors and everyone asks how how did you and your brother turn out to be pastors and i've answered the question a million times why don't you answer it what what do you say quickly no that would not be fair all right okay well my you know if i really examine the whole thing it's just that my whole life i looked up to you as my hero Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to be you. That's mm-hmm. been basically the, you know, boils down. Most of my problems are just wanting to be you. No, see, good. That's the correct answer. <laughs> Perfect. Because <laughs> that, that, that's what I usually tell people. So I'm glad that we at least are giving people the same, the same answer. That's good to know. Sure. Were y'all, what were y'all like growing up? Like, were you, were you friends? Because because when I'm with you, you obviously have like a like an endearing kind of relationship. But has it always been like this? Did did yeah? What was it like? No. <laughs> um, <laughs> sincerely, you know, with a, a real answer, Matt. You know about our relationship. Is it no? We fought a ton, and he picked on me a ton. Uh, but at this point in our lives, there's. There's nobody that can relate to my experience better than John can. Yeah. And I think vice versa, you know, yeah. just because we grew up and, and because we, we, you know, we, we got a similar calling and, and we do, you know, a similar thing um, with our lives and our families. And so, so yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're doing all right now, but and I, we I like got each beat other up a now. lot. We like got, each other now. We yeah, I was, I was happy when I was happy when he moved out. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's a similar thing, but my brother, sister and I too, is that we fought like dogs and cats. And then something happened in our like adulthood where we came back together and it's like, Oh, I really love these people. And I talk to them all the time. They're some of my best friends. And I see that in you and John, this, like the way you relate is obviously as brothers and all this history, but they're seeing that you also have this like deep affection for each other. That's really obvious. And it's really fun to watch, you know? So I love you, John. Love you too. All right, my work is done so, here, and so, I'm Matt Russell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so anyway, because we talk a lot and things have been really heavy, it's hard to be a pastor right now. We'll get yeah. to that in a little bit, but we thought we'd at least lighten it up because we're brothers. We're both in ministry. You're Baptist. I'm Methodist. Everybody seems like really interested in that. Maybe more interested than Matt and I are interested in that, but. So I, I, I've had these questions that I sent to Jeff and some that he pulled up. Yeah. The, can you hear me, Matt? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, this That's is Jeff, Jeff is our Jeff. secret producer. <laughs> just, just your producer. All right. Yeah, so I've got a, I've, I have a whole crew of people over here <laughs> directing all of this to you. They're, they're right off camera. You can't they're just see being right really now. quiet for you. Uh, yeah, you. Yeah. You guys stay quiet over yeah. there. Don't make so, any noise. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, let's go through some of these questions. The first one is when you call each other, what is the first thing you say to your brother? I, I don't know it's anything. I, it's, not I like, do. Hey, it's not like, hey, boo, or anything like that. I mean, it's <laughs> hey, just... <boo. laughs> no, it's not. It's not, hey, boo. I, I do know that when when we hang up, sometimes we'll say, love you, but Matt usually says, talk to you, or something like oh, that. Oh, do I? You usually end a phone call with, talk to you or talk I'll talk to you I'll talk you to know you. um I don't my, even know if you know oldest, you say that you'll say yeah okay okay talk to you yeah I, I don't know that I say that <laughs> I, my um 
I've always thought that I was with, especially with my family, you know, I was, uh, I love you, you know, but I realize I'm not an all the time. I love you when you hang up, you know, and I do that. Like when I'm trying to get off the phone with my wife, I go, love you. Okay. Love you. Okay. Love you. You know, but, um, but my oldest son, he's, he's making me understand, making me realize I'm not an always, I love you guy. Cause he, every time at the end of the phone call, love you, love you. Or oh, go, great. oh yeah. Oh yeah. I love you too, buddy. <laughs> oh, that's right. Thanks I'm for your, modeling that dad. I'm your dad. The next one here is how quickly do you respond to the family group text? But I'll just say who's the better texter or the more responsive texter. I would say I'm more responsive texting than you are. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I have a, you know, have a resentment for all group texts. So, I mean, even, even among my family. So it's kind of a built-in <laughs> usually, resentment usually for group Usually the, the group texts, it's either my daughters or my, or our mother. Don't you think? Oh yeah. Which is, yeah, I mean, is uh, Mima for, for you and I, for you and I to chime in, there has to be something very sarcastic that popped into our mind. Yeah. Right? We're usually reacting to things. <laughs> right. Yeah. For Next sure. question. Um, what is your brother's biggest pet peeve? And we'll start with you, Matt. What is John's biggest pet peeve? Golly. Oh, I got to think about um, this. Uh, shush. Biggest pet peeve. I don't know. Slow golfers. I, know. I mean, I, you know, I don't know. What is your biggest pet peeve? I don't even, I mean, well, lately it's just been people. <laughs> mammals it was kind of like i've come i've come full circle i've come full circle because when i first went into the ministry it was like i don't think i want to do this and the reason why was church people and then i found this great love for like 20 Mm. plus years of being in ministry now i'm getting to the place where it's like i don't know about church people yeah but i'm kind of half kidding i love i love everyone but I'll tell you, some people are <laughs> extra gracious. What, what is it? What is it? The old saying? I don't know that our grandmother have said it or not. So you know, some that that guy's just a long day. She's a long day. Your pet peeve is well. I, I won't say your pet peeve. My mother and I get sideways with each other. We know how to push each other's button. So usually, whenever there's a family event, it doesn't take long before. Me and my mother are going at something. It doesn't have to be much. And I, I would say, I would say, well, at least it's been a long time since we've been together, of course, like in that context. But I would say your pet peeve is Matt's always like, geez, really? Do y'all really have to? Can't y'all just like talk <laughs> about get the weather or? Uh, well, it's because it's because I love my mother so much and I don't like to see how you treat her. Oh, you know what? <laughs> So you just you're scoring she because she's gonna watch you're gonna this. Listen to this and you know what? Touche. You just played first. Thing. You got the first lick in, but it's not over yet. First blood. Okay, here's another. Yeah, she's one. gonna be the first ten or fifteen views on this this video. For sure. Here's another question. What was your brother's favorite band in high school? Ooh. Do you know mine? Uh, so I seem to remember now. You know, I you were you're five years behind me. But I seem to remember you went through this gangster rap phase. So like Wu, I would say like Wu Tang Clan or. Um, so a little, I was a little, I was a little before Wu Tang Clan, um, but uh, but probably Beastie Boys, you know, yeah, NWA, Beast- right in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So, ooh, um, I got it. I got one. But uh, I just remember you um, <laughs> wanting to be Randy Travis. Yeah, there was a country phase. Wow. And I've circled back around since being in Texas. Huh. Yeah, I used to be. Because I, I have, I have this, I have this image in my head of you singing Randy Travis, "I'm Gonna Love You Forever," as as you've got a a towel draped around your neck, and my mother is putting little pink rollers in your the back of your mullet to perm your mullet. Yeah. Yeah, there was it. There was you're exactly right. Had, that's it. That's it. That's so an image. Glad it's, that you're a guest. <laughs> the best I, podcast. That's, that's one of the, that's one of those things that just will never go. You know, like I I can put myself right back in that moment. You know? Yeah, and it, and I I think if I could pull up my junior in high school picture, it was either sophomore or junior. There was like remember it was the part down the middle with the big kind of like wings on the side. And then long on the back, and it was curly. My hair is straight is like, well, now it's gray, so it's much coarser than it used to be. But it was just like straight and thin. And it was like, it, you know, if you're going to have a mullet, you can't have it straight and thin. Yeah. Got to have some body to it. And so, you know, a little perm gets that body going. Hey, I'm just going to tell I'm just going to say... It was a good look. Good look. <laughs> in 1986. The wavy mullet. <laughs> yeah, it's a good look, man. Well, hey, tell us about the fort. Tell us about the church and tell us about, you know, you and I have been talking some and it's been, it's been a tough time for everybody, but tell us the good, bad, and the ugly that's going on. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's, it's an impossible time to lead an organization that is built around gathering together. Right. Mm. And I know we've had to adjust on that and we've got online ministries and all that. But, but before this, all of our ministries were based on gathering people together or reaching people face to face through evangelism, discipleship, small groups, the big worship gathering. And so to say, you know, we've had to pivot is, you know, I'm sick of hearing that word, but anyway, but now that, uh, you know, there's different levels of comfort with gathering again, um, depending on how you address that or how you handle it, you're making someone and probably both groups, <laughs> you know, upset at you for going too far one way or the other, you know? Mm -hmm. So, uh, it's been, it's been really difficult and the, the line has continued to move. So this is my whining. This is the whining we were doing no, yesterday. Yeah. So we can whine. It's yeah. okay. Well, I, w I won't continue to whine. I'm just saying, I, I you know, hopefully, uh, you know, I know you guys are uh, are struggling like everybody else, and I hear it from I hear it from every pastor I talk to. I mean, the frustrations are are incredible. Um, you know, the we start back in person services, and some of the churches down here, you know, in uh, where we are, the more conservative churches. And it's crazy how this thing apparently is political, how you feel about a virus, but <laughs> it, it has been. So um, the more conservative uh, churches started meeting sooner. And, and there was this, you know, I heard from a lot of these pastors, you know, like, I can't believe more of our people are not coming back. I can't believe the, you know, they were really disappointed in what they saw like a, a spiritual maturity issue from their folks. You know, they thought, because they go, well, they're going to Walmart, but they're not coming back to church, you know, that kind mm. of thing. Or they go to this, but they're not coming back to church. And, um, and then, you know, as the months go on to watch them also, 
you know, try and deal with the fact that they're, they're burying a lot of people in their ministry, you know, their mm-hmm. church members who are, you know, contracting and dying of COVID and to, you know, to, to battle with those, with those things. It's been a, it's been a really trying time for, for leaders of, of ministry. I, mean, I think all leaders, you know, if you're, if you're sat with the responsibility of being the final word on, you know, which way your organization's going to go and, you know, what precautions or what steps you're going to take. I mean, it, it is a, it is a lot of, it's a lot of stress. So, um, so I'm quitting. Here's my resignation. Um, <laughs> you guys can have it. No, no, no. That's your special um, announcement today. <laughs> that's, yeah. but, uh, but, you know, we have been, um, we've been blessed here at the, at the fort. Um, we've got two, you know, y'all have different worship communities. We've got two. We've got one that is in a very uh, suburban context that is a little bit older. And it's a, mm-hmm. a, right now it's a smaller group because less of those folks came back. And so, um, you know, it's a, it's a small group and most of them come in and wear a mask and, you know, uh, very careful. And a lot of our older folks, you know, hadn't returned yet. And then we've got a campus that is um, in Midtown Columbus, and it's a very it's a very urban feel, and it's a very diverse group of people, and a lot of folks who COVID is way way down on their list of stuff that they're concerned about. You know, they've yeah. they've smoked things that ought to kill them a long time ago, <laughs> and they are they're not concerned about uh, COVID, and so uh, you know they're all, you know we got masks at the door and sanitizer and signs up, but. They don't ask if they can hug you. They just go ahead and do it. Love you, pastor. Good to see you. Mm-hmm. You know, and here's, here's my problem, you know, in this time, can I go stop? You know, and like a lot of people would say, well, yeah, you should, you should absolutely. And I just, I just can't, you know, I just can't. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's a long rambling answer. Interrupt. No, it's not. No, it's not at all. I mean, I, I'm, I'm still in this hole. Is it fist bump or handshake? And it's like even that becomes an evaluation of where you are in this thing. Because the person that comes and sticks their hand out like a handshake, you you start making this assumption like, oh, this person thinks this about this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like little little yeah. cues that we never used to think about. Um, I, I just take whatever comes at me. I just, <laughs> when, if it's a fist, I fist. If it's an elbow, I elbow, you know. Um, but you know, we got folks who, you know, we've, we have a woman right now in our church. She's in her eighties. Um, she's, she returned in person. She wears a mask, but she, she, every Sunday she comes up, she's, I'm gonna hug you. I'm gonna hug you. And she gives me a nice big hug and she puts her hand on my chest and, and, you know, pats my chest and I tell her I love her. Well, she went to a wedding this last weekend and she's trying to be careful. You know, she got her own hotel room, didn't stay with the family, but she contracted COVID. So she, Mm -hmm. I talked to her this morning, she's a little raspy, but she said, my daughter's got it worse than me, you know? So, (laughs) um, so everybody, you know, I think in the world, in the future, it's going to have to be, you know, we're we're all assessing our risk and, uh, you know, the, the challenges of leaders is, you know, are we putting, are we, are we pressing our people into too much risk? Are they going to listen to us because we're the voice of, you know, spiritual authority in their life and they should follow us to wherever, you know, that place is, you know, I don't know. It's uh, it's difficult. What well, do you think, uh, you, you said something the other day when we were talking about, which I guess I hadn't thought about, you know, I keep thinking, 
I think we have, you know, as much as I don't want our church to be stuck, right, or like in a holding pattern, I think the reality is we've all been in a holding pattern. Mm -hmm. We've all been stuck. We keep thinking, you know, when it started, we thought, oh, it's going to be over by the summer, and then the spike comes. Then, oh, by the time school starts back, and it just keeps going and going and going. Now the vaccines, oh, well, by Easter, oh, well, by tax day, oh, by whatever. And, and now you said something about there may be a new normal for us after this that's a combination of distancing, viruses, variants of virus, this, where you have all this inter- I mean, Wars and not that you know what in the hell you're talking about, but I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't either, but it, it just got me thinking because I was talking to somebody yesterday. I was telling you that he was just like, well, what if there's a variant in the summer? And what if there's another thing next year you can't wait and cast a vision for like what it's going to be like when it's all over you got to figure out how are you going to be the church in the midst of this thing and just plugging away now in in the reality of what we have yeah i think i think you're going to have this tension is going to continue into the future so you're going to have people who are basically like they've been you know they're they're living their life they're going yeah i had covid it was a bad you know, it's like getting the flu, but, you know, living life, you know, we're, we're going on for most people. It's just not that bad. Yes, it does. Absolutely. It kills people for those at risk. They should be very careful, all those things. But, you know, are, are we, and we're not going to, we proved that. Are, are we going to evolve in this quickly into a culture of social distance? You know, is everybody, you know, we're just not, you know, uh, you know, we're not going to become Japan, you know, with, with a culture of more, you know, social distance, Where everybody you know, wears a mask all and, the time, every time they go out. And, and, and of course, you know, has the highest suicide rate of any, you know, industrialized nation. And of course it's been terrible. What I hear horrible during this time of COVID is that's even ramped up even more than that. So are we going to, are we going to become a society or culture that is social distance forever. I just don't, we're not going to. So we're going to have people because of this trauma we've lived through, they're going to be people who live with the effects of that trauma and are never going to take their mask off going into the future. Even young, healthy people um, who may not have as big a reason to worry, they're going to continue to, you know, feel like they need to social distance and, you know, be careful. And um, even if they're not a primary caregiver, you know, it's just, this has been a trauma. It's affected people. And then there's going to be the, the group of people who are just, you know, going to live life, you know, and the two are going to judge one another. And that's what makes me the most sad. Yeah. They're the two groups are not going to, you know, they're going to look down upon the other. And that's, that's what breaks my heart the most. No, I agree. I, I, I think the, the, the difficulty too in the church, you, you shared, was it, you shared with me, wasn't it that Barna was it? Yeah. You sent yeah. that where it's like 22% of, of church-going people, people who identify as like, I attend church, and I've been to church before the pandemic at least this many times over this period of time, right? And it's like 22% of that group, when it 22% has, they have not been to church or engaged online, they've been totally disconnected wow. from church. Yeah, I think the way they said it was they have not attended in person or online since March. So basically, 22% of the church, church people, have checked out totally. You've lost them. And then the question is, do they come back? Um, I don't think so. I mean, not, not like all at one time. 
I mean, you know, it's it's. See, it's this is where you and I way. disagree on this. See, I I think, okay. well, and you know, maybe I'm just being hopeful. I think I don't think all will come back. I think some will come back, and I'm wondering if there there will be a new segment of society that yeah. the church can somehow capture if if we're adventurous enough yeah. yep. in a new way to intersect spirituality culturally maybe not in the ways we've always done it but I, I just I don't know I'm curious to see this may this may move different demographics see because what happens you're only studying one demographic you're, you're only studying church people all right well I get that well what what about these other groups on the other side of this is there a does this thing expose the need for greater connection and community, community. in ways they didn't think they needed before I don't know well I think what I think we're definitely going to see is the effect of the loss of community. And I, we're already seeing that. And, you know, the, and I know they say that you won't have the suicide rates for another couple of years after all the reporting is done, but the, all the anecdotal things coming out of sheriff's departments and all this is, so the suicide rate is very, it's, it's way up from yes. what it's been. Um, and so <clears throat> the, the effects of the loss of community and the trauma of this thing um, are going to be felt for, for a long time. Now here's, here's the deal is that, that's exactly where the church needs to step in with the hope of the gospel, right? And that, yes, we, it is, we are people who are marked by, by love. And so we have to reach in where we can. Now it's, it's tough if, if people have been, you know, have been basically traumatized into isolating themselves, it becomes very difficult to, to reach them with the gospel. It, It becomes very hard, but, but there are plenty of people who are still, at such a state that they are reaching out for help, right? They're, you know, your marriage problems don't stop because everybody's worried about COVID, right? Uh, your, your problems with raising your kids, your insecurities about, you know, whatever, your anxieties, that all these things are, you know, if anything, they're multiplied by COVID. Mm-hmm. And so these people go, I got problems, I can't fix it myself. I've demonstrated that. I need something bigger than me. I think that must be God if there is one. Where is he? He's at church. Right? And so for and you know, we're not going to we're not going to reach everybody that way, but we you will if you're a church that is, you know, that is welcoming and inviting and has the word out there that you want to help people, um, people will will come to seek out, you know, uh, come to seek out help. Mm. Um, and we found that to be true, uh, you know, in our place. Uh, so anyway, sorry, just keep rambling. No, that's, that's why it's a podcast. Well, that's what you're supposed to do on a podcast. I thought y'all would interrupt more. I go, you know, actually, I really expected more of that out of you. Actually, you know, here, here's the deal. <laughs> actually, here's another thing well, you, about, you've only, you've, you've only done one. I disagree with that. No, here's, here's another <laughs> thing about podcasts. We have guests on. Because anytime we yeah. want, we can sit here and talk about nothing. <laughs> now we get you to come on and talk about nothing. But well, actually, listen, I'm just a I'm just a small time little you know. I just pastor this tiny little church in South Georgia. You know, I'm I'm learning how these things work. So I appreciate you coaching me up. No, that's not true. Actually, um, Matt's church has a, a an amazing history hmm. of this group of people that moved into this space and took over this space and then moved into Columbus and 
took an old church and reviving and restore is a big focus of theirs. And then this other church uh, across town that same situation needed to be revived. And so they have this vision and mission in some ways, kind of like what we do with some of the mergers, but a little bit different where Mm -hmm. we're looking at these, these locations, these missional locations that just are not able to thrive anymore and take advantage of stepping into that. That's not small beams pro. That's like, uh, and, and I can tell you what the, the worship that they do at Fort if you've never seen it online, go on the Facebook, on the Facebook, or on the on the social media, and check yeah, out you the can fort. Get it, you can get it on the YouTube as well. On the YouTube, because the yeah. worship is really great, and preacher's not bad. You had a great guest preacher a while back. I can't remember. Um, <laughs> um that was a that was a long time ago. I, what your your flight got canceled is why you agreed to do it. Yeah, I, I think I think that's right. And I and you you negotiated for more money. Yeah. Um well it was, was just it we, wasn't more money, a, it was just a, a better we lunch. A, we had a hard time yeah, we had a hard time paying all the bills that month, but but thank you for doing it. It's not <laughs> a problem. It. Yeah. Yeah. I I didn't want to go through the Zaxby's drive through. I needed something a little more substantial. No. What are what are you most hopeful about right now? Because I know you and I, as we oh. lament with each other, we're sometimes not always looking at mm. the the bright spots. I'm sure there there yeah. are some, but when, when I'm when I'm not whining, when I'm doing what you know, mm. what I'm commanded to do, which is be anxious for nothing, but in all things by prayer and supplication, giving gratitude, you know, giving thanks to God. When I See, when he's I do a that, Baptist. you see how he quoted that. Well, he was right just on like it, boom, just boom, 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 boom. When, when I'm, when I'm he was doing Episcopalian, that, he wouldn't even know that was in the Bible. He would say Buddha said. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Thomas Merton says. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's the kind of nonsense you guys quote. Um, anyway. Uh, <laughs> um, Jerry Webber was not going to be that? happy with you. I heard that. I resemble that. <laughs> um, so, uh, so, yeah, uh, when I do that, when I'm, you know, when I do what I'm, I'm supposed to be doing, I step back and I go, you know what? Um, we've been able to have church, um, you know, relatively safely. Uh, we have seen people come to Christ and give their lives to the Lord. People come coming out of, uh, jail, coming out of addiction, um, bringing their, then bringing their extended families to come and, and it's to, to receive Christ as well and seeing lives transformed in that way. Um, adding other people, you know, um, who are, you know, just out there seeking. And, um, and so we've, we've been able to continue to do ministry. There's frustrations because we haven't been able to do certain things that we used to do in the past, but we've been out there feeding people. We've been out there, you know, uh, ministering to homeless folks and, you know, the ones who are comfortable taking those risks, they put the mask on and get on out there and, hmm. and do it. And, and so, yeah, we've been able to do the work of the church um, during this time. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for the stories that have come out of that real lives changed. Um, you know, God is saving people and transforming lives. He continues to do that work. He's not going to stop. He's not going to stop. Hmm. He's not on hold. Yeah. You know, uh, that that's what encourages me too. Whether it's the baptism of a baby in the chapel, private service, or you know an older couple that joins the church because they found a space and a place here yeah. that uh, where they feel like they can bring all of themselves 
and follow God in this place or being able to have dinner last night with a couple in their 80s, you know, who finally have their vaccines. They went with us on a Greece trip in 2018, and we've only been able to really communicate with them by email and, you know, that's about it. And so to go have dinner with them last night and to hear his stories, which are really cool. He grew up here and he was a golfer and he was one of the early members of this golf club called champions where Jimmy Demerit and Jackie Burke. And he's like, yeah, I played golf with Billy Graham and you know, this president and all these kinds of people that came down here. And I'm listening to these stories going, how did I not know all this stuff? I said, we're going to write a book together. But uh, you told a story, uh, a great story. I thought we could end on this is just inspiring story. You had some specific stories of some, some people in your church. What was the guy's name that got baptized with the new name? Oh, yeah, Digaboo. <laughs> <laughs> Tell this story. Yeah, this is great. So we um we we've always had a pretty good ministry to uh, folks coming out of uh, folks who are in recovery or coming out of addiction because we've we've got some people who are in our church who have come out of addiction and they're in recovery and they help other folks that that are in that place, and so um, we had a Sunday where we actually baptized eight people. Um, in, in the service. And, uh, and so, uh, yeah, the CDC probably wouldn't have liked the look of that whole thing, but, um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, we had a, we had a great time, but there was a guy in the, uh, in the audience in the church that day, um, tattoos all over his face. And I was talking about baptism, the picture of baptism. Um, and of course here's one place where we, you know, where Baptists really got it right, is that the this picture of baptism, this going down under the water, is this dying to self. The old me is dying, and the the new is being raised to life, buried with Christ in baptism, raised to walk in newness of life. And I said, the old Matt, you know, I've used my name, the old Matt's died, and the new Matt rises with Christ, with the Spirit of God within me. And um, so after church, this guy comes up to me, and uh, one of my guys who's kind of known for being a wild, he had a reputation back in the past as being a wild guy. And he said, Pastor Matt, you know how they, they tell all the stories about me and how crazy I was? He said, this guy put me to shame. His name is Digaboo. <laughs> and so Digaboo comes over and I start talking to him. He said, he said, man, what you were talking about up there, that's what I, I want to kill Digaboo. My name is Steven. I want to kill Digaboo. I want to be Steven. And this guy has been, you know, drug addict. Um, for most of his life. And, uh, and he's been, you know, he's been clean for a few months now. And, uh, you know, we baptized him. He, he proposed to his, uh, his, uh, partner who they have several children together, been together for, for years. And, um, just really his, he's a changed guy. You can see every week he's just, he just looks different. He just Mm -hmm. looks different, you know? Um, so it's, it's cool. It's cool. Yeah. I want to kill Digaboo. that's amazing well you know you die die to self and rise to christ and we said we use the word die to self but Mm. i mean i you know killing digaboo it's the same thing and then it's just semantics that's right that's right and not not i want to um never mind i was going to make a sprinkling joke but i that's okay (laughs) Yeah, we'll, we'll skip it. We're used to it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like yeah, all the it's um, all the it's like all the Baptist jokes I used to make at those little sessions we did, and Matt just rolls his eyes and like, <laughs> that's right, 
That's right. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, we've had, we've had plenty of stuff like that. So I've, I've got tons of reason to be thankful. Yeah. You know, God is on his throne. He is working. Um, there are tons of frustrations. This is a, this is a traumatizing time in the life of the world. I mean, this is, you know, this is goes uh, back to like world war two kind of, you know, worldwide impact. It's mm. for everybody across the board. Um, but at the same time, um, God's doing great stuff, you know, mm. and, and, you know, all in all, my life is not that greatly impacted. I still get to be at church with my church family. I get to be with my family. I get to, you know, go visit my brother in Texas and, you know, I'm, we're, we're doing okay. We're doing okay. God's yeah, good. Well, I think the key is, you know, what's hit, hitting me is this whole Deuteronomy eight, you know, to remember and that we're supposed to remember who we are, our identity, remember our mortality. You know, we're that part of this struggle with pandemic is that we're denying in a sense, just that we're mortal. Right. And that we are prone to the, the, the these powers of pandemic and just frailty. Yeah. We just don't like to think that because we think we can conquer death anytime we want. And then also to remember, you know, that we are, that we have a God who never forgets, mm. you know, who remembers us where we are. Yeah. The, the tension of this whole thing, um, we had a, a prayer request that came in Sunday and it just perfectly describes this, all the tension around, you know, the time we're living in. It, it said, uh, please pray for those who are sick with COVID. Please pray for those who are fearful of COVID and are locked down in their house away from everybody. And please pray for those who are not fearful of COVID and won't get vaccinated and are spreading it. <laughs> like, perfect. That is the perfect prayer. I mean, this is fully describes how yeah, at times I just feel like there's no win here, you know? Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I, th- I, th- I thought it was a great prayer request. Well, Hey, thanks for, uh, thanks for coming and spending time on our podcast. Honored, Bro. honored to be a part of the, the pod have mercy. Bro. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna, can, can you guys like, can, can y'all get me a, a neon sign? Is yeah. Jeff? Who, we'll work on it. Is, is Jeff? Is Jeff the producer? Yeah, Jeff is the producer. <laughs> Jeff it. makes everything can, can happen. Can you work on? Can in, you work on in that this room? Me? This huge room here. He is the boss. His kingdom. Okay. This yeah. is his kingdom. Yeah, I'm, I'll get his email. I can work on a neon sign. Well, I copied you. Him. So all you got to do is just say, "Hey, bro, let's <laughs> help her brother out." We might. Go. What do you want it there to say? Go. The fort fortcast. There you go. Revive and restore, baby. That's a. That's oh, it's thing. it's. You want to say that? That's going to come. John ten ten. I've come that they may have life and to the full. Revive and restore. That's us. Yeah, there you go. but you want it to say Fortcast or Fort? Is that your podcast name, Fortcast? Yeah, clever, right? I it's, mean, not as clever as Pod Have Mercy. <laughs> <laughs> by by a long shot. It's good though. But yeah. Hey, love you. I'll talk to you soon. Love you too. Take care, Matt. It's really great. You know, I've noticed that John's um, uh, Georgian accent becomes just a bit heightened. It's just there's some flair there. What? (laughs) What? (laughs) Not a lot. It's not like, you know, but you can tell, oh, yeah, he's, he's, uh, yeah, he's with family. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of like if you go to Costa Rica for two weeks, you come back and it's like you have a little... Accent. If I go back to South Georgia for two weeks, I'll come back talking like this. Everything will trail off in the end. 
I might not even pronounce my R's when I come back. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You never, you never, never know. You never, never know. Well, that was good. That was fun. I'm John Stevens. And I'm Matt Russell. And this is Pod Have Mercy. Mm-hmm.